It is week six. Week six. Of, of our, wow. what we called it, our discipleship series, which we called... Cultivate. <laughs> yes. Um, and because we called it Cultivate, because we're kind of basing it around the analogy of how you grow a plant from seed to, you know, fully mature grown plant. Um, and about our lives as um, a, like a garden. Yeah. And the, God being the gardener. And, and how do we, how does that fit with discipleship in a, in a Christian spiritual sense? How does that fit with discipleship? Mm. Um, last week, we talked about the importance of warmth for seeds to germinate and grow strong. And that speaks of our intimacy with God and more and as importantly, uh, the relationship with his people. So we talked about the church. Yeah, didn't we? yeah, we did. And so this week we're looking at fertilizer, fertilizer, <laughs> not fertilized. Check the bloopers. Uh, go on. Um, yeah. So um, you looked upon a kind of gardening website, didn't you? About uh, a gardening key website. things. Many weeks ago, now, many weeks I, ago. I looked on that and, and I brought out like a key things, of things that you need to do when you are growing plants, whether it's in the house or outdoors. Um, so this week, um, the the little bit of advice that it says is that plants need feeding with the correct food at the correct time, at the right time. Too much liquid fertilizer in this case. You can have different variants and fertilizer can't you but for example liquid fertilizer if you have too much it might dislodge young plants from the soil and simply be too much for them to handle just too much just too much fertilizing going on yeah so would you like to tell us kind of what we're drawing from that bit of the analogy let's pivot then to why okay because it's important to know your limits so in other words when is when to chew on his word now there's a lot that we're going to some of what we're going to talk about this week that might remind you of a few weeks ago when we talked about his word a lot and mm-hmm. uh, levels of maturity and what have you. Um, and I guess it's good to revisit that mm-hmm. in, in a little, only a little bit. Um, it's good to know when to tune his word and when to simply soak in the presence of Jesus. And that does sound a little strange, doesn't it? Advocating to to take it easy when it comes to doing any of this, as it is good to read. And it is good to develop, to be nourished. Let's use nourished. Yes, that's, um, I like that word. Yeah, yeah. By, by his word, to be nourished yeah. by his word. I, I'm sure we can think of examples uh, when we've read something, when we've come across a new idea and we've got really excited about it and we just ran with it and we've sank our all into it, only to discover that later on we, we didn't, we didn't really give it any time to think it through. We just kind of read it, took it at face value and mo- or, or got excited about it and just moved on. So for it to kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sink in, soak in. Yeah, and, and yeah. we didn't think what repercussions might there be of the thing that we've read. So let me remind you. So again, a few weeks ago, I talked about the Left Behind series, which is a yeah. series, if you know these words, I'm going to say is a series about dispensationalism and rapture theology. Now, Kathy bought me a PDA. Is this ringing anybody's bells? If you've read it, you bought me a PDA. Yeah. Uh, it was a Palm Pilot. Yeah. Yeah. And and it had and I discovered you could read eBooks for the first time on this thing. And I and and you know I've been a Christian for many years, few years. And I I bought a series of books because they were Christian books. Said they were Christian books, which they are, I guess. Uh, uh, but fiction books about what happened after Jesus raptured his people. So uh, in other words what happens after he uh, uh, all the good enough people have left the planet and gone on to heaven to be with Jesus that's the that's the premise behind it 
you know, all these good, righteous Christian people, Jesus has raptured them, and now then, now there's going to be a period of, of tribulation, where those yes, aren't yeah. good enough on earth are going to be left, and they're going to have to go through all sorts of stuff. And listen, it was a very exciting sounding book. There was even a, I'll save you time. Don't watch it. It's going to be a waste of two hours of your life. But there was a book by Nick, uh, 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 sorry, a movie that was it, Nicholas Cage was in it called Left Behind, and it, it was exactly based on these these series of books. Anyway, listen. So rapture theology, dispensationalism, all that stuff. And I got, I bought into. I thought that's what every Christian believed. I thought that's what every. I thought that's what the scripture said because this fiction series book told me so. Mm. Only a few years later, as I'd read the Bible more, as I'd read more about what the Bible means when it says certain things, did I did 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 that kind of theology, the understanding of how God works, begin to unravel? And actually, right now, where I'm at right now, I don't believe any of that kind of theology. You may listen. Fine, great. Maybe we can have a coffee one day and talk about it. Um, but I don't I, I, at all. I, I don't believe in dispensationalism. And I don't believe in, in rapture theology. But that's just an example where my, you got caught up in I got something. Caught up you in ran something. with it. I, didn't I ran you? ahead of where where I was at in terms of understanding mm, mm. the word uh, because I ran. I, you know, I read something else. So, kind of know your limits is 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 the first point that I want I want to make. So um, last week, um, like you said, what we were talking very much is about that warmth that we get from our relationship with God and um, from walking with the Holy Spirit every day and, and obviously the relationship we have with his people as well. So, um, you know, we've talked about it a lot in this series that we have God's word, God's amazing word, and we have the spirit of God. And we need both, don't yeah. we? Um, yeah. I think, oh, what's that? What's that quote that's like, if you just have the word, you dry up. And if you have just the spirit, you, there's something else I can't remember now. Hang on, hang on. I was looking it up earlier. That, that would be great. Um, I just rolled off your tongue. Hang on. I know. This is terrible, isn't it? I'm so sorry. It says, if you have the spirit without the word, word you blow up. If you have the word without spirit, you dry up. If you have both the word and spirit, then you grow up. And isn't that exactly yes, what we're talking that's about? That's true. Yeah. So back to Back to your notes. <laughs> so um yeah, last week we talked about that. And we thought this week that we'd get really practical. Yeah. Now, discipleship is really practical. Mm. It's it discipleship can't be ethereal and airy fairy and it's got to have grounding isn't that what it's all about yes just like these you have to be really practical with these plants that you put in the ground and everything that comes after so practical so we just wanted to get really really practical mm. I, um, I guess in about, a way i guess in a way we, this this opportunity to kind of bring some discipleship in terms of how you get into the word mm. this week yeah and i think for some of us watching we've been christians a long time and we might not even really think about things, um, you know, we might not think about the translation of the Bible that we're reading. We might have always read a certain translation and that is it for us. Yeah. And um, so we're going to talk about some of those things. So yeah. that's where yeah. you were saying earlier, wasn't yeah. it? That we might prod a little yeah. bit and, you know, challenge and... Yeah. And, yeah. and so, yeah, so just to connect that, just that first thing that I said about it, it's important to know your limits because it's in, we need to read the word. That's the main thing. We need to get into his word, chew on his word, feed on his word. So um, here's a challenging question. 
to all of you. When did you last read the Bible? Like not 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 when the preacher told you to open the Bible, because that's the only time you're opening your Bible, and that's not that's not good. When was the last time you opened it yourself at home in your quiet place, or listened to it? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if you're on the bus going to work or in the car coming home from work or if you whatever if you are indeed at work these days who knows when was the last time you, you read the word of God when was the last time you read it so I read it this morning yeah um, so that was uh, my kind of um, verse of the day um, that I start with um, that's where I've got to so far today but I actually read more last night before mm. I went to sleep Um and uh, that was through the Bible plan that I'm doing, which will come on to yeah. Bible plans yeah. and stuff. And but, similar, yeah. similar thing for me. Yeah. Similar yeah. thing for me, you know, kind of daily verse, reading chunks of the word through a Bible plan, which will come on to. But what, what, let me further ask you a question. What place does the Bible have in your life? Where's, where's its priority? I remember being at a Christian conference once and <clears throat> we all had our Bibles out. Uh, or the, uh, but this one chap had had his Bible on the table next to him, and on top of his Bible, he had his mobile phone, and next to his mobile phone on a mat was his coffee. I don't know whether that says anything, but in that immediate moment, I thought, "Where's it?" Just it just prompted me, "Where's where's the Bible? Is it is it just propping something else up?" It, you know. Are you prepared to open it? Or is it on a shelf? Or is it, or is like, it just on a shelf? Like other books, just kind of gathering, gathering dust. dust. It's just there. Um, is it? Yeah. In other words, what I was trying to say about that thing, how accessible was that Bible if you've just got things on top of it? How accessible is it if it's on a high shelf somewhere? Mm. Do you read alone? Do you study with others? If you do read your word, how do, what do you do? What do you do? What do, what do you do? Well, I was just going to say that in lockdown, um, two things really helped me with reading the Bible, God's Word. Um, the first thing was that I, I just, I'd been reading the Psalms and I found them in lockdown and I found it just so life-giving. And I thought, do you know what? We all need you know, whether it's my contacts on Facebook or friends or what, what family, whatever, we need life-giving stuff right now where things are being shaken around us. And so I felt God speak to me about posting um, a verse from the Psalms, different Psalms, but one every day. And I kind of created a little uh, kind of image to go out with it. <clears throat> but because I committed to doing that, um, I'd already been reading the Psalms and I continued obviously to find okay what's going to be really life-giving for pe- for me and for people out there um, the second thing that no I was going to say that you did that for 100 days I did that for 100 days you didn't days. intend to do for no, no. you've done it for so long that you went I'm going to get to 100 yeah I'm just going to go for 100 and actually I'm doing that with Proverbs right now um, and and I'll come on to kind of the effect of that on me but um, the second thing that we did um, for a bit during lockdown was um, with Freedom Church, with some people from a Freedom Church family, we did a Bible study for, I don't know how many weeks now, maybe six weeks. Um, and we were looking at the book of Mark, one of the Gospels. And that was so good. It was so good to, you know, I would read that before we came together. 
and we we would wouldn't we and then we would with other people we would read it again together so out loud together and then we would talk about it and what's God speaking to us through this and it was so good to hear the insights and revelation mm. from other people um, <coughs> as well as connecting with it myself and what I wanted to say about both of yeah. those things were I made um, a commitment to doing both those things, to posting this verse of the day from the Psalms and to committing to gathering with other believers to talk about God's word, to read God's word together. And, you know, as with really anything in life where you want to really do something and commit to something, it's easier when you decide together with somebody else to do that. You know, I know that there are some people out there who are very strong and very like, yes, I'm going to do this and they do it. Uh, I can think of a few people watching who are like that. But for me, I really find it much easier to achieve something, to go for something, to to get somewhere with somebody else. Like a bit like exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've said to you before, but I used to do boot camp in my local park. And what got what got me there and what kept getting me there each week was the fact I had a community that I knew would be waiting there for me to join in that I could be alongside that would be alongside me so when we choose to do things together it it provides motivation and accountability mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. so yeah both those things were well, you made yourself just... counsel for example on social media when I'm committing to posting for 100 days proverbs when you've done the 100 days of psalms you said you said it publicly so everybody could say hey kath where, where's these proverbs you know i'm going to do it for 100 days but you're enjoying it as well so it, so it, much it's, it's not yeah. just you're not just doing it now because you feel you have to because you wrote something down but you are doing it because you enjoy it but yeah. there was that uh, you know you were putting it out there and you were making yourself accountable mm. yeah so how do we how do we keep expanding our limits our knowledge our, our insights um what are, what are some practical tools that's what we want to bring you this morning some practical tools and manageable ways uh, for connecting with God's word um, so there are, there are there are many many different translations out there uh, and listen you know I'm not going to name names but I remember having a conversation with with somebody once and they when they first started coming and attending our church they wasn't sure what was happening in terms of the Bible because Believe it or not, and if you've been a Christian for a long time, you may have forgotten how this feels, but they thought there was just one version of the Bible. The the, the one version. We all read from, from the same version. They didn't know that there were lots and lots and lots of different translations of, of Scripture, uh, and that puzzled them for a long time. They they weren't sure who to believe, what what's the proper version. you know. And that may sound silly to you, but it doesn't sound silly to me, because if you don't know, if you're reaching out to people who don't know anything about mm. Christianity or your faith, they don't expect them to have knowledge of of of, of the Bible. So if you're listening to yeah, this this morning, I want to tell you there are lots of different translations of the word. They all essentially say the same thing, but it's all there. All there's so many different translations because we're trying to take Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, and 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 bring it into modern day English. And when you translate, as you as you should be aware, when you try and translate one language to another some things don't translate as well some things translate better than others uh and, and you know there you, you need to you need to kind of build up these different versions to help you fully understand the roundness of of the original mm. greek hebrew and so aramaic some translations um are what we would call literal and they're word for word translations from the original language as best as they can 
Um, and then we have translations which are more like meaning for meaning, thought for thought. Thought for thought. For thought. There's, for a, thought. there's another one which is meaning for right, meaning, which we'll okay. come on to in a okay. bit. But, but certainly the two main ones are uh, word for word, literal, literal translations, yeah. where they try literally to take the word and even the order the, of the, the words form, and yeah. try and form yeah. it and cram it into uh, English, which sometimes can be a bit unwieldy and a bit... Um, it doesn't it, it particularly to our modern ear uh it, it can sound very peculiar uh, and then the other one is is word for word uh, sorry um, meaning uh, no thought for thought and then meaning for mm. meaning which we'll come on to but let's just stick for a moment with that word for word so a a a, a translation which everybody will know even if they're not christians probably and maybe even you thought this was the translation that all christians used was the king james version of the bible okay i'm gonna i'm, whew, I'm about to enter into debating territory here so um you you can comment back if you like now listen if you didn't know the kjv was written way back in the 1600s uh and i've got it i've got to say that isn't a translation that i personally would encourage you to use uh whether that's either in public speaking or personal study i i wouldn't personally encourage you to use that and i certainly don't use it why why do i say that's quite a dramatic statement because you hear in christendom that's the version that Jesus read, you know, which obviously is, is nonsense. But, you know, you kind of hear that that kind of stuff to make a to make the point that it's the best translation of the word. Well, I'm going to say it isn't because, listen, some of the words and verses uh, uh, used in the KJV weren't entirely accurate in their translation from Greek, uh, from Greek and Hebrew. And listen, probably the reason we know it for so long is because it was, for a long time, the most published translation. Mm. Um, and it, But here's the thing. Those translating it, they did the best they could with the knowledge they had at the time. They did, mm. they did the best they could translating it with, with the knowledge they had at the time. But there were also biases as well. And regardless who you are and how, how you do things, you will your bias will show to some degree, whether small or large. And if you're translating the word of God, there will be a bias that you have. So let me give you an example of that. In 1 John 5, verse 7, go look at it now if you like. 1 John 5, verse 7, look it up. Don't look it up in the King James, but look it up in other versions because I'm going to read you what the King James says. It says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now that, you look, you read that and you go, wow, well, that's a great proof text for the Trinity. If any Jehovah's Witnesses come in knocking on the door, I just need to show them that and say, look, Jesus is God because it says he's one with God. The problem is, the problem is that no early church writer quoted that when, when the doctrine of the, the Trinity was being hammered out in the third and fourth century. The, wow. the reason is that not one early manuscript contained those words until people with their bias started writing it down in the middle ages it's an insertion and it's not at all likely that john wrote it now hopefully you've opened your bibles you've checked it out for yourself what's written written in our most modern translations say something quite different though again if you notice a lot do add a note and go well this is what mm. some manuscripts said so in other words, as we got hold of earlier and early manuscripts, we've realized what things crept into scripture in those kind of middle-aged kind of translated 
uh, uh, Bibles like the King James Version that we have. And again, the style of the language as well is really, I think it's really difficult. It's not how mm. we write things these days, is it? Um, it? It can sound a little poetic. I get that whenever you see it on the movies and they're quoting Bible, they're always quoting, <laughs> thee shall not do this and ye, blah, blah, blah. And I acknowledge, listen, there's something quite good about these and those that is quite good. I acknowledge mm. this because, ironically, it's actually a good way to, to communicate when you're talking to, when you want to differentiate, I'm talking to you, as in singular. you, singular, yeah. which is the... Or when you're talking to you as in a group, Plural. which is thou. So actually mm. that's quite good. But but can you tell me what some of these words mean? I'm going to list them off. Abjects, afore, agone, amerce, artificer, bethink, beray, botch, bray, by and by, call, chargeable, concupiscence. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. Coping coats, cumber, dissimulation, doleful durst, emeralds, they sound painful. Fan, <laughs> fellow, firkin, froward, gainsay, grizzle, hold, and so on, and so on, and so on. There are many, many, many more that I've got listed here in my notes. Do you know what they mean? No, you don't. I particularly like the slow bellies. Slow bellies was one. I mean, slow what bellies. Is that? What's a slow belly? Listen, within context, <laughs> you probably understand it, I guess, a little better, uh, rather than me just pulling it out here. But all I'm saying is, you know, there, I think if you're after a good word for word translation, you would be better off. And I can, oh man, I can hear the people go, no, I'm not letting go of my King James. Well, listen, that's in between you and God. I don't really mind. Um, but I'm just encouraging you. Maybe you're better off looking at the English Standard Version. Yep. It's a word for word. Or the NASB. The New American yeah, Standard New American. Version. At the end of the day, it really is your choice. It, it really is. Whatever helps you get into the word, I guess. But just acknowledge that there are pros and cons of any that you choose. I remember, um, so last Christmas at church, um, we wanted to give some books away from our, our book table. Mm. We were kind of having a refresh um, so we thought in our family service, Christmas service, it'd be really cool if we wrapped all these books up and, and including a couple of um, passion translations. We're, we're going to come on to the yeah. passion translation. But um, yeah, we had a couple of uh, copies of the passion translation. And we wrapped them all up and we didn't know which was which. We just handed them out to everyone. And um, a lady who has been part of our church family for a long, long time, she's been a Christian for a long, long time, she received one of the passion translation Bibles. And she said to me, um, and this was only probably a couple of months ago even, she said to me, do you know that was just such a God moment that I received that Bible because I've been reading it and it's been life to me. Wow. And it, it's, it's, it's just opened up the Bible in a, in a new, fresh way to how I've, I've read before. Um, so, you know, it, it, you just, until you try other things, you don't know, do you? Yeah. It's like food, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, totally. You know, it's still food, it's all food. But until you try a new flavour, a new taste, you don't, you wouldn't be able to say what that's like to somebody else. And also, because sometimes the um, thought for thought translations are easy to read, um, uh, you kind of can start off with those. So you go and I first became a Christian. You gave me a New Living Translation, didn't you? I Do did. You remember? Yeah. Because it's easier to read. It's it's a thought for thought. So it's more about the what what they're trying to say within the context and then let's put that in English rather than a word for word. Um, but then can we just come back to right what I said at the beginning? Sometimes yeah. as in, in a you know using the food thing, sometimes it's good to go back when you're older and go, do I still dislike that food? Or actually have I developed a taste for it? 
And so mm. as you begin mm. maybe with these uh, thought for thoughts, then at some point in your Christian journey, you can begin to handle those word for word translations a little bit better. You understand them more. Yeah. I think it's important to say that with, with all the translations that have been released, that translators have tried to stay true to the literal meaning. Yeah. Even even if it's um, a thought for thought or a meaning for meaning, they've still tr- tried to stay true to what the original text says. What they says. believe God is, is trying to say yeah, to the original yeah. text. So that's where the bias sneaks in. Yeah. yeah. And some some may communicate more of like an essence. Mm-hmm. I think that's the meaning for meaning of isn't yeah. it? Is more of an essence of, you know, whereas... Well, I, I, can I come on to that? Course, because yeah, well, you're, sorry, you're am gonna I ask, jumping You're, you're going to ask me a question about that. And I'm going <laughs> oh, to fill in. So what, what, let's ask... Um, Let's ask what translation do you do you read personally? What's what's the one that what's your go to translation? Yeah. So I do use a number of different translations and that depends on what I'm doing, whether I'm just reading or whether I'm studying. So um in my late teens, I think that's when really uh, the New Living translation I mm. think came out. Um and I was a bit like that lady who I was saying earlier. I'd read like the NIV for quite well. That's all the new international version. Sorry, new international version. Um, throughout my kind of childhood and teens, really. And then, yeah, I, I bought for myself, I think it was even the first Bible I bought from, do you remember that shop, Wesley Owen? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the centre of Leeds, I went and I thought, I just, I want to buy myself a Bible. And I wanted one that looked a bit like, like leather bound. <laughs> it was like... A bit maroon. more like a real Bible, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. Um, but it was maroon. And, anyway, why? Yeah. why? So, so you so, liked that one? I really liked that one. Um, it just... It just had, yeah, I guess I just connected with it in a more life-giving way. Um, so that was really good for me. So I, I do use that, actually. When I'm studying, I do use the NLT, the New Living Translation, um, if I'm preparing like to speak to church or whatever. Um, but if I'm reading for my own kind of devotion, um, I really love reading the message, um, and I love more recently reading the Passion Translation, um, it connects with my heart and soul. Um, and I've just, yeah, I found it so life-giving. Sometimes the message I've found, it has quite an American bias, mm-hmm. uh, Eugene Peterson. Um, and so some of like the phraseology that it uses yeah, is, yeah. is kind of has that slant to it. Um, but the Passion Translation, um, it's really about, it's about connecting with God, isn't it? Connecting yeah. our hearts with God. That's kind of the overall um, reason why Brian Simmons um, translated yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. So, but but the, the, the upshot is, is that you, you, you vary your... Yes. Oh, and I use the yeah. e, uh, English Standard Version as well as... Yeah. Uh, and I, I do like to compare things. So sometimes, because I, I've read the Bible for quite a lot of years, as, as I'm sure people watching have as well, um, sometimes you, you read something in a different translation, you're like, oh, that's really quite different. So I'll go back and I think, no, actually, I do like maybe something in the message, and I think, no, actually, I do like it. I, I do mm. get more from it. In the, but it gives in the, the opportunity to investigate why is it different? Yeah. Why have they chosen to do that? What slant are they bringing to that? So again, helps give you a, 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 rounded, a ra- more rounded which you said, yeah, picture it definitely of trying to does. translate those languages into, into English. Definitely. I really recommend that um, kind of comparing and contrasting. So what about you? What what do you use? Okay. What, yeah. What All right. Well, um, I, I, I 
tend to read a lot these days the passion translation which isn't even the whole bible right now it's just the new it's testament not, uh, the psalms and the proverbs and i think he's done isaiah as well i think he's he? done yeah. yes he's done isaiah yeah. yeah so he's getting there um yeah. and so that's the one i would go for the passion translation uh, initially and that's what they call a single person translation like the message so the person who who was the lead translator of, of right. the passion is brian simmons and uh, the lead translator of the message version was uh, Eugene Peterson. So they're, they're called uh, they're called the lead lead translator. Okay. They do a lot mm. of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. um, uh, and the, the thinking around the translation that they're, they're putting to, to paper. Um, now the criticism there's criticism about the 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 passion translation and the message translation as well uh, is that they're very much one person's view, one person's bias. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you need to you need to bear that in mind when you're reading when you're reading both of those you need to bear that in mind when you're reading any version of scripture but mm. particularly these two because it is just one um, kind of lead translator because in a lot of other versions of Bi- the translations of the Bible it's 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 very much a team effort um, mm. but that doesn't mean I, I want to counter that by just saying uh, it doesn't mean that they 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 were on their own even though they're the lead translator there there is it both Eugene and 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 Brian like I know them personally, uh, that there was a wider team around them who would, would check what they're doing, who would verify what, what they're saying. Um, and so there, there is, again, even within those that have a single person on the, you know, on the, on the front cover, um, they do have a, a, a level of accountability with, with, with a wider team uh, on each of those. But again, to, to be brutally honest, that wider team will be people that have a similar view to the people that are the lead translators on it as well. Um, Simmons, he actually dis- first described his um, his version as a meaning for meaning yes. translation, uh, and he said that that what he means by that is that he's trying to bring God's heart and mission into modern English. Right. In his words, to quote him, is 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 a quite a lot to say about that, and I, I've got no time to talk about that much more here. But go look and do a search on the internet yourself and and see what people say you'll have criticisms and you'll have pros you know investigate both but i think i think simmons i think the guy who wrote that has got a, the best of intention with his translation uh, and the guy who wrote the message as well and i particularly within the passion i actually really appreciate those there's massive footnotes mm. like like can take up half the page sometimes and there's there's even italics within the text as you're reading it to inform you so he's very upfront about it that he's added something more to help bring the wider meaning into the text that you're reading or to explain on the footnotes, explain why he thinks uh, some things are better translated a certain way. So I actually, yes, it has criticism. It's one person. I argue it isn't. It's, it is, but it does have a wider level of accountability. But I actually quite like his, um, uh, uh, not vulnerability. Honesty? His, his honesty, but his, his openness... Um, transparency that's what I'm looking for transparency and going this is where I've added a bit this is why I've added it and this is you know I, I love that go investigate that for yourself I also love the amplified version yes actually as well, I do use that which as has well been, which has been around for a while I call it and quite a lot of other people have jokingly called it the multiple choice bible um, because it's just in the way that when you look at it it takes the idea of a word uh, a word for word translation takes that idea and then just runs amok with it it just goes bonkers. So you, you go on. Well, what what it does is is it take it's it's 
everything that's not in parentheses is like the word for word translation is a literal translation but what it does is it kind of does the job of a strong's concordance so a strong's kind of, yeah. concordance is where you will look at um a word you know so for god so loved the world john three sixteen. so if you looked up loved in the strong's concordance from the original greek it would be um you would be able to find the the root meaning of that one word in mm. that one scripture. And yeah? where is it mentioned in other? Yeah, in other but ways. the amplified kind of does does that job a bit for you. And it says so. If it says peace, it will have some things in parentheses, which just expands and lets um, you know the yeah. meaning of that word peace. Because that's our word peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the Greek word peace or the Hebrew word. So, peace. for example, if this English word isn't that good, isn't as good enough to translate the original word. So we're going to give you a few more to help you understand what that word is is yes. trying to say and in the I, original I, I find that really helpful, actually. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, it, listen, it, it that does encourage me the way that it does that. It also makes me roll my eyes sometimes at the amount of choices you get. Um, it, so it helps you think beyond the particular translation, what it's saying in terms of a bias. So I think I think there's less bias in the Amplified, but it's not so helpful because the meaning or the intention of the original writer can get lost in in translation <laughs> a little bit. All right. That's me. That's two. You know, as, as Christians, as disciples, we're not just reading the Bible, are we? We are called to study the Bible as well. We are to, okay, if you don't want to use the word study, understand, mm. understand the Bible and, and be able to apply it like we've talked before in these um, little sessions. Um, but... Um, I think, you know, we don't have to be, we don't all have to go to Bible college for three years and be and be theological scholars. Not and, at all. But I do think it's really important that we understand our Bible. This is our Bible. This is, this is God's living word to us. So um, I do think it is important that we build into our lives um, a level of studying the Bible, not just reading it, not just it being words on a page, but actually studying, knowing the context, knowing, okay, That's how, really important. how does this fit with the kind of big picture of of God's nature in the Bible or, you know, God's plan for the earth and uh, God's plan for his people, you know? So it's not just like we're picking out a verse here or a chunk here. Because if you do but, that, you can just hit people over the head with them, make them feel guilty, you know? Um, if you don't, if you're not put, if you're not putting it within a context, or at least not explaining that it is within a context, but I'm going to use it in this fashion, um, you, you can you can make people feel guilty uh, about you know you're not doing this, you're not doing that because the Bible says you should do this and you should do that. Well, actually, what's the context? Yeah, so context. I think you said it before. Context is key, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, of, you know, really understanding what does mm. this mean? What Talking does this of mean context, for us? when 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 did you last read the Bible? fully through has any of you ever read the bible from cover to cover just sat down one day and started and just just read it i'm not going to make you feel guilty about that but there's just know, a challenge you, do know? you know i i haven't done i've probably read most i think mostly all mm. of the bible but i've never done it kind of cover to cover as we would say yeah. um so maybe a, that's some, a challenge for me yeah there's um, the, we'll talk about up. that in a little while but there's a, a great app that you can use to help you do that uh, cover mm. uh, go from cover to cover so what do you think about using um i'm probably i'm asking the wrong person here <laughs> but 
you know, we've got this whole paper and electronic thing going on, haven't paper we? Paper so versus electronics. What do you think? We all know what you're going to say about well, this, right, about right, using yeah. electronic devices for to reading, read the Bible, the Bible, to study the Bible. Okay, well, well, let me give you the pros for why I think it's good, electronic devices are good for reading the Bible, and you can give me why you think reading it from a piece of paper, a dead tree version, is good. Um, I, I, I... I like having everything accessible wherever I am on whatever device. Yeah. Um, and I therefore I use my iPad a lot and I use my phone a lot to to read the word because as I'm reading it, I can make notes and highlight and yeah. highlight stuff. So particularly within within new versions, the Bible app, which is one of the most popular Bible app ever, it's got millions and millions of installs. Um, we'll talk about that briefly in a second. Um, but I like the fact that I can make those notes and then they're with me wherever I go. They're not just in one particular, you know, leather-bound Bible that I've got that I've got to remember. Um, they're, they're there with me wherever I want. And and I can access pretty much any version of the, any translation of the Bible that I want. So if I want to go and compare what the other mm. ones say, I can do it within a couple of clicks. Within a couple of clicks, I've, I, I am able to, uh, compare and 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 read the footnotes of all of these different ones, um, and so I find that a huge strength um, of of having an electronic Bible. It's always with me. Listen, I know what you're going to say uh, you? your 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 book doesn't run out of power. I get that you're the you're the power source for your book. So yes, that is an absolute uh, legitimate um, uh, criticism of it, uh, and also the fact that. Um, some people uh, struggle to look at something where there's light shining at them. Mm, mm. Uh, and again, I get that. Uh, but for me, uh, I, 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 my preference is, is, on, is on my iPad. Um, they say as well, on the opposite side of that, that a, a well-worn Bible is a Bible that's been read. And you can't necessarily show that your iPad is well-worn because you've read the Bible so much. That God looks at the heart. But isn't that the saying, <laughs> a Bible falling apart is someone who loves their Bible or something? Because they've just opened it so much and bent it yeah. back so much and they've written falling everywhere apart. Yeah. and falling apart. Yeah. You uh, can't do that with an iPhone, can you? But... That, to me, I just couldn't live with. Oh, dear, no. Go on, why, why, why paper? Why, why give me... No, give... no, see, no. you've got me all wrong. Ah. You've got me all wrong. Now, can, we I... not just, can we not just have that debate for the sake of this, I am, this YouTube video? Though? I am a paper girl. <laughs> so I really like... I like writing things down by hand, with my hand with pen. Um, and I have a... I know, there's an Apple Pencil. Oh, look, there's a pencil. I yes, can write things down on my iPad. Um, there's something for me that if I'm writing something physically down on paper that just connects with my brain, and I can even remember writing something down like that. But... Do you know what? Mm. I I was going to say because because I'm going to point this up again that it's almost moot that well writing helps okay, me connect yeah, because I can I, absolutely write. Yeah. Like okay. That all, right, all, right, anyway, all right. Go on. Go on. Go on. No, but I I do the majority, the vast majority of reading my Bible now on my phone or on my wow. iPad, um, and I highlight and so I I really like going through underlining things, highlighting, writing notes, but you can do all of that on. On the yeah. app, and you can you can really easily see. Okay, what have I recently? So when I've been looking at proverbs, going through, and I've been highlighting. Yes, that's going to bring life to people. 
and I, I can just go back and I can see where I've highlighted and it's really useful. So actually, I'm a massive convert to using electronic <laughs> Bible. Um, you know, it is personal preference. Yeah, it's absolutely. Personal absolutely. Preference. And, and I don't um, aim to fall out over this, the paper versus yeah. digital shenanigans. There are times when, yes, I don't want to look at a screen and I will pick my physical Bible up, a physical Bible, because I've got a few. I'm very blessed. We're very privileged aren't we to have numerous bibles printed out that we own yeah. um but yeah um yeah i think it's time we just wrap this up but i want we want to be just give you uh, some resources to feed to take away so they'll be on probably on the screen um there's one we, we didn't mention Ooh, in particular this yes. this one i would, I would actually like this. Um, i'm going to post some screenshots of this it's called the infographic bible it's um, so good visualizing the drama of god's word this was a fantastic buy it just it does some awesome stuff. I'll try and put some screenshots on while I'm talking now about this. This is a wonderful book to have in your bookshelf. It's a real talking point. Not I mean, just on the bookshelf. No, no, no. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the coffee table kind of thing. Coffee table book. Gets people talking. Yeah. It's always, it's always there. Um, so it's about the Bible and it's also um, looking at themes oh, in the Bible. Brilliant. And it's, you know, they produce this, the, the Lady Karen Sori produced it because she realised people in this this of this generation in our day and age uh, visually they, yeah, yeah they they, they want to um absorb things visually but i tell you what um, we were looking at it earlier it, weren't we and, yeah. and actually it would work quite well on an ipad because you can see it gets crushed it gets crushed in the middle and we can't quite mm. see what it says in the middle so i said to kath i'd love to see whether there's an ipad version of this that i can also get my teeth stuck into so that's a good one um, yeah but some electronic things if, if you're up for electronic stuff look on the bible go to uh, bible.org uh, that's a great place to kind of get stuck into the bible biblegateway.com is a wonderful place to get stuck into the bible as well and get stuck into studying uh, scripture and reading loads if you sign up to their very cheap uh, monthly plans you can access so much resources uh, to help you engage and connect with the bible and there's the U version bible app yeah. which is that i mean that's what we both use yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it yeah. um so not only have you got multiple translations on there which you can switch between and you can also download them mm. onto your device mm. But they have um, Bible plans where you can go through it. In well, like we talked about that. In yeah, yeah, in the, so the Bible in a Year. There's an awesome one done by um, Holy Trinity Brompton, London. Nicky Gumble, who is the, the vicar there, the guy they're famous for doing Alpha. That's where Alpha came from. The Introduction to Christianity course, um, and and I've been through that a few times. The a couple of times, not a few times, a couple of times. Uh, the Bible in One Year. Uh, and that is brilliant. So it's not just giving you the verses to read each day. So it generally takes like Old Testament, Psalm, Proverb, New Testament, gives you kind of a selection each day. But there's quite a decent commentary to go along with that as well yeah. to help you understand what you're reading too. And you can do ones without the commentary as well, which yeah. is just purely, you know, something from the Old Testament, something from the New and a Psalm a day. Yeah. Um, there's so many Bible plans that you can do like on a theme. Um, which I've at different times in like my life recently, I have really appreciated just finding something that really mm. kind of spoke to what I was going through. Yeah. Um, and the wonderful thing is you can do it alone or you can choose because you can, to, you can add plans. friends on Our there. Our kids do that, don't they? Yeah, they, they, they do they, they a Bible plan with each other. And yeah. we're actually starting one on Monday, aren't we, as a family. Um, that our youngest has picked out for us. Um, so you can, you know, what it's a great we're, way to get the family involved, get friends involved. Yeah, you know what we were saying? Get non-churchy friends involved and 
you know, maybe maybe they can give the Bible a go for the first time. You know what we were saying about, you know, doing things together, that being a motivational thing and an accountability yeah. thing. So there's that option as well. If you find like reading hard or reading on a screen hard, um, the Bible Project do oh, um, some uh, Bible plans, devotionals, which are videos that you can watch. And then it's got some scripture linked to it. I would absolutely um, recommend you to check out The Bible Project on YouTube. They um, do videos a a bit like the infographic Bible, but about different books of the Bible, themes across the Bible, um, Old Testament stuff, New Testament stuff. It's so worth checking out, honestly. Well, listen, I, I know it's been a bit more pragmatic, but I hope it's been encouraging today. We want it to be a little bit challenging. I know that I may have... Um, prodded some people in painful rock places and rocked the boat a bit in terms of my preference for Bible choices uh, as opposed to yours um, but a, a, at the end of the day we want you to read the word of God you, you're going to grow by not only experiencing his presence you know enjoying his Holy Spirit and uh, and, and just soaking and, and, and being rained on and having that deluge of, of download from the Holy Spirit uh, as we said last week but, but reading his word getting stuck into it whichever way is going to help you get stuck into it i don't think you can really you know really you need the word to mature you need to get hold of it and in the west we're so blessed we don't have to fight or, or sacrifice anything to get hold of it so be blessed I suspect we've probably gone on a bit longer than we intended. Sorry. So I will try and edit this down. <laughs> By the time you get this, I'll hopefully edit it down as, as slim as I could. But we're excited about his word. We love reading his word. And we hope that you, you know, if you're not doing so right now, get into his word. And if you're not a believer yet, can I recommend start with what they call the New Testament and start with uh, the, the, the book of, let's say the book of, let's start with Mark. The Gospel of Mark. It's one of the shortest Gospels. And, uh, is that because that's your name? And that's, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. And so get into that. Yeah. Um, anyway. And it is fertilizer, isn't it? Yeah. That's what we were saying. Fertilizer. God's Good word stuff. is fertilizer. It will feed you and for... help you yeah. grow. Take yeah. care. Goodbye. Bye. God bless.